Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Beyonce sits late, Shantae, you stay. You say that's fishy, well I say he's dishy. We say that's fierce, so sing all my queers. Don't go nowhere, just prick up your ears. The Word of the Gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regard to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT plus community, and in pop culture at large. That's my hostess with the mostest, Lenny, and I'm her camp co-host, Brendy. Follow the show at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send us through any word suggestions. Oh, Lenny, check oh. the halls with pink champagne, doll. It's the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we've come to our last episode of the season. We've got our hands on our hearts. I know. <laughs> Put your hand on your heart and tell me. <laughs> no, but seriously, 2018 has absolutely flown. Yeah, it really has. Celebration of the end of the year and our first season and us not seeing each other for three weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> we are doing Gay Christmas. We certainly are. So, Gay Christmas has come to mean so many different things. Halloween, Mardi Gras, and just about any annual celebration that gay people are drawn to as a family. Yeah, in the same way that, you know, Christmas brings together, you know, biological families. You know, any celebration involving a party, friends, drinking, dressing up and decorations could be considered gay Christmas. I mean, the real Christmas can sometimes mean homophobic relatives and stilted conversations and way too many carbs, which is a fucking minefield for us. (laughs) (laughs) I do love carbs. So there are differing and complementary ideas as to why the LGBT plus communities are attracted to the holidays, just holidays in general, any sort of celebration. Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) And though, for example, Halloween, even though it extends back to the British Isles and pagan religion, Halloween status as gay Christmas goes back to San Francisco and uh, New York in the 70s. Right. The kind of original gay capitals of the United States and probably Mm -hmm. the world. Yep. So originally in San Francisco, in the Castro district... There was an annual Halloween dress-up competition that started in 48 at like a local store called Cliff's Variety Store. So there was a Halloween Good celebration yeah, every year. And then See you at Cliff's. <laughs> in the 70s, there was a report in a local newspaper that wrote about the kind of influx of all these single men moving into the area, displacing families that had previously populated the district. Were they friends of Dorothy's? Was yes, Dorothy they were. There? Inevitably, they started coming out to no one's surprise, really. There were actually drag queens entering the Halloween competition. So they were like openly entering it in the 70s. So they kind of through time started to take over Cliff. He stopped ownership of the contest 
first in like the late 70s. It lived on though, the ghost of Castro Halloween through a drag performance group known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. So they kept the competition alive and it ran through the 80s, 90s and even the noughties, unfortunately until there was actually like a tragic shooting at the event and it's... It ended. But yeah, it was like a Mardi Gras kind of like celebration with drinking and dancing and just like general Uh, carrying on in the streets. Sounds really fun. Costumes and frivolity. Yeah. Halloween in the United States seems so... It's huge. huge. But it's slowly getting bigger here as well. And I mean, really, like whether... But like that street element is so appealing to kind of be able to take it out of the homes. Yeah. And actually be dancing in the street with Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Oh my God. No, but even just whether it be Halloween, Mardi Gras... Christmas in July, like really any kind of event where we can dress up, get to be theatrical and camp, we really do embrace it. Oh, totally. And with Halloween as well, there's the added bonus of really being able to dress Dress up. up. Or dress down. Dress down, (laughs) yeah. As my friend Lee does every year, he wears a red cape, devil ears and a C-string. Please do something different. (laughs) Hang on, what's a C-string? Is it different to a G-string? Well, because there's no straps on the side. It cups the front yep, um, and tries to hide as much as you can if you're wearing the right size. <laughs> uh, and then it, it goes around and hooks into the asshole. People say, you know, everybody's Christmas has come at once. I was living a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, so similarly to Lee, who obviously doesn't get to wear a C-string every <laughs> <No>. day. <laughs> A lot of people, it's the first time or just a time that they get to try makeup or drag yes. or just be able to express themselves a little more than they can in their day-to-day life. So mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why the queer community is really drawn to it. And then we've got Sydney's gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. Yes. Which also can be like a time to express yourself. There's all sorts of expressions coming through for the people in the parade and then also just the bystanders. Right. Bystanders. It's very formal. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, the it, fellow patrons yes. torches. <laughs> It's, yeah, also time to feel safe, be with, like, other members of the community, Mm -hmm. not necessarily family, but just kind of other people sharing similar experiences. And also it's a party. But, yeah, that can be, like, a much more appealing, sort of uplifting event and time for people. An environment to be around. Yeah. And I guess there's a huge difference what the Christmas was like when we were growing up to what Christmas is now, dependent on your beliefs, your traditions. Yes, you know, totally. Growing up for me, I came from a very Catholic family. Mm. When I say Catholic, I'm talking like more of my grandparents and yep. then my parents just kind of followed. But we very much did the traditional family Christmas lunch at my parents' place. All the relatives come. It's the food, the tree, all the presents. Yep. I was put into the nativity scene <laughs> a number oh, wow. of times in junior school. Yes. Yeah. One year I was a shepherd. That was fun. And then <laughs> a year later, I was promoted to one of the three wise men. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But to be fair, I had this gold crown. It was jeweled. And then I made my mother make a beautiful purple and blue sequin oh, gown yeah, I can see you for me. That. Yeah, yep. it, it had a train. Yeah. So I was more probably more of a queen that year, but I <laughs> still, still, you know, gave a lot of a lot of advice to the baby Jesus that was sitting in that <laughs> box thing. I even find it quite fascinating, you know, the, even just the creation of Santa as a kid. Like you've just got this fascination around this old man breaking and entering into your home at night time. Your parents are totally fine with it. He's bringing you presents. He eats some of your food and your parents booze and then leaves and nobody questions it. No one questions totally it. Normal. <laughs> it's totally normal. totally normal. But outside of the 25th of December, don't you dare fucking talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, nowadays, I'm not a religious person whatsoever. I've got no 
interest in it. It's not my cup of tea. And as yep. I told my grandmother about 10 years ago that if I walked into a church, it would erupt into flames. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she just looked sideways and just smirked. <laughs> you know, there's certain family members for me now that I'm 30 mm. that I get along with. And I would love to actually just organize my own sort of private Christmas yes. one trip. Exclusive. Like, yes. When is exclusive, yeah. With the family that I choose. Yeah. But... You know, you do have that obligation to see everybody else. and Yeah, it's interesting because while Christmas is becoming you know, a little bit more secular, or there's people that celebrate Christmas that aren't religious, like yes. you and me, yeah. it's still obviously very much tied into religion and Christianity. Like oh. that's the roots. You can't get rid of that completely. Absolutely. Like Christmas yeah. to my nan as opposed to Christmas to me, very yeah. different. It could really be seen as like a rejection of Christianity or just like wider religion in general that LGBT people are calling other things Christmas. Yes. When you look at like the holidays or the event, it's really nothing like Christmas. It's the celebration and coming together aspect of oh, it. Yeah. Completely. Completely. I don't think I've got any of my gay friends that are religious, but you know, not that they don't exist. It's yeah. just not many of us believe in that. Yeah. I don't see Christmas as a religious holiday at all. I mean, for me, it's just a day off. Yeah, and on top of the religious aspect of mm-hmm. Christmas, it can be an especially sensitive time for the LGBT plus community as it's a holiday about family as well. Yes. So we've got the religion and the family. The holiday Ch- movies that are just thrown <laughs> down your throat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, with all their social norms, heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. Good um, times. Yeah. <laughs> It can be challenging for people who don't feel like they can be their authentic selves um, around their families that have to introduce a partner as a friend or, you know, some older relative that is labelling just a partner friend even Mm -hmm. though they know they're someone's partner. That can be, you know, family functions in general, but Christmas really brings out... Aunt Ethel. Why don't you have a girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) I rocked up in high heels. (laughs) (laughs) So for some people, their queerness is merely tolerated by their family. For some, it can be accepted by some members, but not by all. And for others, while it may be accepted, just simply not fitting that heteronormative mould or maybe not having a conventional life or lifestyle, those sort of things may just be something that are reinforced just by being at a family function, you know, where people have their partner and their children and they're buying a house. And all these, you know, heteronormative images of domesticity as well. Your brothers plus ones get invited, but yours doesn't. Yeah, exactly. For many people, their partner may not be even invited to the celebration. Yep. Or sometimes spending Christmas with family just isn't even an option because they don't have a relationship with their family, whether it be like at all or just not a good one, not a good one to go, to bother to go to this sort of thing. Yes. And for some people, maybe even returning to, you know, their family home may bring back, you know, painful memories of childhood experiences with homophobia um, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, there are high levels of mental health struggles, homelessness, social isolation, which means Christmas can be a depressing time for some members of the community. And that's one of the other reasons that members of the LGBT plus community have come to rely on these other types of support networks and chosen families. Absolutely. Uh, There's the family you're born into and the family you choose. Yeah, and by doing this, you're kind of subverting these norms and mainstream rituals Mm -hmm. and giving kind of your own meaning to Christmas or these like Christmas rituals. So you create just a whole new meaning of what Christmas is. Christmas Day, I do the family lunch and then Christmas night, I'm out with friends. Speaking of traditions, every year... Around the 1st of December, Lenny, there is one specific tradition that comes around, and that is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Yeah, for absolutely everyone. Holy fucking shit, (laughs) I love this song. I ache for it for 11 11 months of the year, (laughs) and then for four weeks, I am just in pure heaven. 
I feel like a Christmas song that stands up on its own. Like oh. you could listen to it outside of Christmas and still Christmas enjoy it. Christmas and July parties. Yeah. Whack it on. <laughs> like, I mean, it is, it's hailed the Christmas yep. song. It was actually named the best festive song in an academic study. I love it. They studied love, all the songs and they Mariah. said this is the best song. Well, she co wrote it back in 1994 for her Christmas album. However, the actual lyric, All I Want for Christmas is You, is actually from. Darlene Love's 1992 song, Alone on Christmas, which is from Home Alone. Every year, Lenny, she makes around about $3.8 per year for that specific song. And she's made around about $60 million US dollars in royalties Whoa. just on that song. That's probably why she could be so experimental with her albums. <laughs> True. Oh, I love Mariah. She's got that one song to rely on <laughs> <Yeah>. every year. <laughs> well, you mentioned Darlene Love. I love and Darlene Love. Yeah. It's so much in the style of that classic Phil Spector album, A Christmas Gift for You, which had the Crystals, the Ronettes, Darling yes, Love. In the 60s. Yeah. Yes. It's like so, it's a very 60s classic sounding song. Mm-hmm. Most people say it's like the last song to kind of enter that Christmas canon. Like there's, you don't really get new Christmas songs anymore that are so enduring. No. I always thought it was a cover until a few years ago. Like oh, really? It, yeah. Just because it just sounded so classic to me that I thought, how could this be? From no, the 90s. She co-wrote it. She yeah. co-wrote it. She's a really good writer. Oh. Yeah. And Mariah did this at the peak of her, well, the beginning of the peak of her career, which mm-hmm. is also unheard of. Usually it's when you're on the decline or you've been recording for about 20 years, you know, like. Think, or you're Samantha Jade. You know, think Bill Knightley in Love Actually. <gasps> Love is all oh. around us. Come on and let it snow. Uh, Does that sound right? So many different meanings for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, unrelated, but it actually got a bit of a reboost. Yes. From being in the film Love Actually mm-hmm. as well in 2003. It's just know, a Christmas just banger. It won't die. It, just, it will never die. <laughs> it's a Christmas banger. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And so we've come to the art of giving and receiving. In the joy of the Christmas spirit. Brendy, a present that's not given purely for the joy of giving stops being a present at all. It merely becomes an exchange that is made in either anticipation or fulfilment of a reciprocal deal. You're so right, Lenny. And that's not right. <laughs> Here are some bad examples of gifts. Okay. A person's not a gift. Don't wrap yourself up in a bow <laughs> and present it to your partner. Neither is an engagement ring. Don't ruin Christmas for everyone. By getting engaged on it. Neither is something that you yourself want. Don't buy someone a present that is something that you actually want to get. I did buy my nan a Maggie Smith biography <laughs> one year. Because <laughs> I knew she'd finish it and give it back to me. <laughs> um, nor is a headshot for that matter, Brendy. Oh, guilty. Yep, all right. Okay, yep. Now, guilty for that one. I had all these leftover headshots one year. 
and I didn't know what to do with them. So I decided instead of buying Christmas cards, I wrote on the back of them and attached them to everyone's gifts. <laughs> That's actually very resourceful. I would love to get that. I, thank you. Yeah, you brought gifts. But there's more to like the art of giving and receiving, not just the actual oh, really? like purchasing things. Oh. <laughs> I remember going to a friend's end of year work Christmas party and it was costume themed. Shock horror. And it was... Who did you go as? Well, the theme was to go as what you wanted to be when you grow up. <laughs> yep. So I went as Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> and um, halfway through the party, there was a jumping castle because it was at the boss's house in his backyard. And Lady Diana entered the jumping castle <laughs> and <laughs> she crossed paths with a married Luke Skywalker. Oh my God. <laughs> you went as Princess Di in this guy. I was went Luke as Princess Di yeah, and okay. I met a man in the jumping castle. An uh, adult who, man. An adult man who was Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a colleague of my friend. And, well, you know, in the spirit of Christmas, I gave him the gift of experimentation with a man. Because he was straight. Yes, and married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His wife wasn't there, though. Okay, good. Yeah. And um, I received a very callous finger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I know. And there were like, there were actually netted windows in this jumping house. No one entered so. <laughs> during this period? No, they stood outside and just gawked and pointed. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> my skirt was kind of split up the side. <laughs> I just, oh, brand new. I was not a lady that night, but I was certainly Dirty Diana. <laughs> Now, another fun tradition that does come around Christmas time in December is Christmas parties. Never Both, been to one. But I'm sure you've been to one with friends. Please tell me you have. Yes. This is not yeah. the saddest fucking part of the show. <laughs> yeah, no. Just on a work one. Work one. Yeah. Well, I had my work one on Friday night and it was such a hoot. The Christmas committee uh, redesigned <laughs> as a committee, uh, much to Julian Finance's horror. So there was... Um, They'd pretty much like booked out two of the underground car parks and they surfaced it with like fake grass, did these white picket fences, red balloons everywhere. They had a little speaker for music, Payella Station. And then because I work for a photography company, we actually organised this fun Christmas backdrop of like an old fashioned kind of winter lodge Christmas fireplace scene. We got a Mariah Carey cutout of her from 1994. And then we did this sort of like set with a few armchairs and everybody went in and had their like classic campus tits, like 1980s sweaters and photo shoots. It was such a ball. That sounds like so much fun. It was, yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was a lot better than I expected. But the other exciting part about Christmas parties is is the ones that you host with your friends. A cheeky Christmas kiki. Yep. I co-hosted one a few weeks ago. Paul Manley and I, my best friend Paul Manley and I, we decided to throw one in his recently renovated Richmond Terrace. So we invited around about 60 friends, knowing that 50 would come. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got to have certain party characters that come along. Mm-hmm. The costumer. There's always those one or two people that come in like a cheeky costume, even though there is no <laughs> costume theme, but they wear their ho-ho-ho t-shirts. Yep. Or my friend Amelia, who came in a red frilly top, green pants, white shoes, and then she wore these silver beads. And those beads made their way around. <laughs> Regular beads, not yep. what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the kisser. Who comes along. He was actually my friend Eve's plus one. Good Lord. Dr. Steve was his name. And he went through the party like a fucking tornado. I think every second person was told that they had the most beautiful face I've ever seen. And I'm not going to lie. I was the first victim that that, that fell to his powers. You've got the flirt who goes around and makes out with everyone. That might have been me. But there's a difference between being a flirt and being creepy. 
Yep. Dr. Steve. So Dr. Steve, as you know, had gone around the party. Yes, I've heard. Cracking yep. on to everybody. My friend Sherry and I had both made out with him at separate times. And Sherry and I were in a bedroom at one point having a bit of a DM because she was like, I really want to go home with him. And I'm like, I could possibly go out on a date with him. I don't yep. know. There's something about him that's just infectious. And <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Anyway, then we kind of got this bit of a crazy idea to, uh, <laughs> to get Dr. Steve to join us in a cheeky conversation. Okay. And uh, anyway, so Dr. Steve joins us and the three of us are sitting on the side of the bed. And it was like we were 16 again. And we're yep. like, oh, my God. Dr. Steve starts making out with Sherry. And then he starts making out with me. Oh, my God. Then he goes back to Sherry. Then he goes back to me. And then Sherry and I get the crazy idea <gasps> that we might get a little bit lesbian. So then she and I start making out. <laughs> kissed a woman since high school and i'm like oh my god it's like chicken we're doing that <laughs> thinking that this is going to impress him oh god it was a nightmare but god it was fun we're, and then we started having this like three-way make out so it, like it was just a make out it possibly could have gone further but we sort of stopped it by the time the three-way make out situation was happening it was like a shark feeding frenzy it was just it was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a it was a bit messy Pop my cardigan back over my shoulders. Yeah, and, wow. You had a straight and, moment. And depart. <laughs> I, I was calling it a lesbian moment. But yeah, I know. That's funny. Yeah, no. That's way better. Well, thanks for spilling the eggnog, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> on that. Now, for those who aren't making out with Dr. Steve, um, I've got some tips or some date ideas for the perfect romantic Christmas Eve. Oh, I'm all ears. So, number one is been after work and take a stroll hand in hand past the Maya Christmas windows on Burke Street. <laughs> Stop at the fourth window, make intense eye contact, and steal a gay kiss under the mistletoe. (laughs) Number two is lure them to Christmas carols by telling them you're going to a super exclusive queer feminist rock gig at a secret location and wait to see the look of surprise and shock horror on their face. (laughs) You'll, of course, be surrounded by so many families and contrary to the stereotypes, not all lesbians love kids. (laughs) And don't forget to steal a gay kiss under the mistletoe, which you've pre-packed very carefully in your backpack. Love it. Yep. Number three is host a dinner party for your new flame and close friends. Make everyone wear Santa hats and pull crackers. Remember to hang some mistletoe so you can again steal that gay kiss. But don't get jealous if the evening descends into polyamory and your crush <laughs> makes out with all of your friends. Jesus, okay. this sounds like it's hitting close to home, Lenny. <laughs> Yeah, that's just a coincidence. And lastly, invite your date over to build your dream home together in gingerbread form. Yes! And a whole family of gingerbread people because that's a totally normal date activity. (laughs) (laughs) My favourite carols, Work With Me Here, Yep. Last Christmas by Wham, slash Tina Arena, slash Jamelia, slash Ariana Grande. (laughs) (laughs) Judy Garland's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yep. Of course you have some Judy. Of course. Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree. Haven't heard that one. Super rock and roll. Super camp. Get onto my Instagram, Brendy Ford underscore fabulous. (laughs) There are videos of us (laughs) dancing to it. And then, of course, a favorite, as we said earlier, Darlene Love, Baby Please Come Home. Yes. That's actually my favorite. Oh, my friend Tilly and I used to sing it all the time, but we didn't really know the lyrics. So it was just like, Christmas. Christmas. I really love Christmas. Christmas. 
Christmas. Oh. Yeah, I could listen to that one any time of the year. Also. Anytime. It's just an it's enduring actually classic. It's kind of more of a, like a love song than a Christmas yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Just, they throw that I think you. that's my favorite, like a Christmas song that's just about longing and, and love and mm-hmm. romance is my mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. Cher actually has a version <laughs> featuring Rosie O'Donnell. It's from Rosie O'Donnell's duet Christmas album. It's amazing. Of course it is. And it's an auto-tuned house song. Shock so horror. please go <laughs> listen to it. I also love, this is probably the most traditional of all my songs. It's Mariah Carey's gospel version of Oh Holy Night. I'm ah. not religious at all, but I think it's like a really powerful song and she right. does a great version. Got to have a bit of soul. So I've got Gee Whiz, It's Christmas by Carla Thomas. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. it's just like a, a love song. Got to have some disco. So I've got Boney M, Mary's Boy Child. Of course. Yep. And I've got one for you, Brendy, which I just heard the other day. It's Dear Santa, Please Bring Me a Man This Christmas by The Weather Girls. I'm sorry. I've never even heard of this fucking song, <laughs> yep, but great. my mind is blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my little dedication Sounds to you. <laughs> amazing. And then what about Christmas films, Dale? I've got so many, but I've narrowed it down. There's You Got Mail, which is a remake of Little Shop Around the Corner, yes. which is just I mean, I can watch that when it's not Christmas. Like, just a solid rom-com from the 90s. Meg Ryan at her best. Yeah, it's about catfishing, which is a bit weird. But it's also about, like, chosen families and female relationships. Um, I've got All That Heaven Allows. It's an old melodramatic classic with Rock Hudson and Jane Weinman. It's about a single mother with grown children who is kind of forced by her children and by society through their judgment to not continue to date her young hot gardener, played by Rock Hudson. And as kind of a consolation prize after they have forced her not to have this relationship, they buy her a TV as a Christmas present. (laughs) And there's a shot of her just staring into it looking (laughs) so sad. Um, But it's yeah, it's a really amazing film. More traditionally, I've got Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. And Look Who's Talking Now, which is hilarious, with the poodle that is voiced by Diane Keaton. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Um, my gosh. She's so good. It's a very weird film. It's got all these, like, surreal scenes in it, but she's trying to go and save her man from that evil woman that's trying to have an affair with him. The movie opens with semen. Swimming, yes, chatting to each other. It's yeah. great. It is the perfect really Christmas kooky. movie. <laughs> um, and my last one is an adult Christmas film. Okay. Eyes Wide Shut. It's got so, wait, what? <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut, Brandy. As in Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise, Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. Okay, yeah, the feel-good family Christmas movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> What? It's got, so, it's got like these opulent Christmas parties. Every scene has like a Christmas tree or rainbow lights, which actually allowed the film I, to be shot with natural lighting most of the time. I don't the think this movie's about scene, Christmas at all. The final <laughs> scene is shot at F.O. Schwartz, which is that big toy store in New York. And there's actually a reading of the film that, says that Tom Cruise's character is gay hence all the rainbows because there's so many rainbows in the film and also all these women are literally throwing themselves at him and he really wants to cheat on his wife but he can't Okay, so <laughs> my favourite Christmas movies are Bridget Jones's Diary yep, yeah, that- Meet Me in St. Louis and The Holiday I haven't actually um, seen the whole of Kate Winslet, yep. Jude Law, Jack Black, Cameron Diaz. Every year, Christmas Eve, I whack it on and I just have a delightful time. And there's this fabulous scene in the movie where Kate Winslet is partnering just her old neighbour to an award ceremony. Yep. And he buys her a corsage and he's just like, look, I'm sorry oh, if it's a bit corny. Yep. This is what they used to do back in the day. And she turns around and she's just like... I'm looking for corny in my life. Oh, that's really And sweet. I'm just like, this oh. is just my like life anthem. Yep. Of, I'm also looking for corny in my <laughs> life too. 
for anyone that's listening. (laughs) Coming out is used commonly as a dramatic arc in family Christmas movies. I mean, look at The Family Stone, Holiday in Handcuffs and Love the Coopers. Yeah, and there's actually a film called Tangerine, which came out in 2015, which follows the story of a transgender sex worker who's recently been released from jail and she discovers that her boyfriend and her pimp has been cheating on her. And it's actually set on Christmas Eve. Ah, so it's Rent the Musical, which has a lot of gay themes. Actually, there's rumours that Kristen Stewart is going to be in a new lesbian rom-com set at Christmas. Oh. Yeah, so we don't have a lot to choose from at the moment, but hopefully with the changing tides and there being more out actors and more opportunities created, we'll have some more Christmas movies. Or just some movies in general (laughs) with, you know, queer characters. Hang in there, Lenny. Hang in there. (laughs) Because <laughs> all they've got is eyes wide shut in the meantime. And then there's the uh, Christmas travesty that did recently come out, which was um, RuPaul's Drag Race Hollis Slay. Oh. God, that was terrible. We can't go an episode without <laughs> referencing RuPaul. <laughs> he does a lot of good, but that just was not. Oh. <laughs> the whole episode was pretty much an advertisement for his Christmas album, which is available on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so much for listening to our final episode for 2018 yep snow's coming down i did my tree today i'm really looking forward to it i please send me a photo oh, yeah, it's a miniature but it is real no um hey, listeners send us a photo of your christmas trees <laughs> <laughs> and send us any word suggestions any word suggestions at all make sure you do follow us at word of the gay pod on facebook twitter and instagram we're having a two-week break so we'll be back around mid-jan with a new episode so have a wonderful holidays happy new year and you know what get up to some fucking crazy stuff under the mistletoe Woohoo! Bye. bye hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.